Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. Alrighty, round four is in the bag and we are back. Brock, what did you reckon? Yeah, it was an entertaining round. Two golden point games, so um, you've got a little bit of a bugbear about last night that we'll get into. Oh, I've got more than one bugbear from the round, but that's just rugby league in general. Start off as usual with a fast five. Best, worst, low, high. Uh, any questions coming out of the round? Who was your best? Uh, the high. My high was the oh, Cowboys' yeah. golden point win last night. I thought they were in desperate need of it, obviously, and they, uh, they ended up getting it in the end, but... It was ugly, and it, it wasn't looking promising. Even with up to you know three or four minutes to go, they were still behind seven. It looked like Melbourne had just iced the game. They kicked to the corner as well, Melbourne, and uh, it was just you know I guess a, not a stroke of luck, but uh, the Cowboys kept pursuing and eventually got there. Yeah, well, if we're going to go with highlight first, mine was just two golden point games of the round. Uh, it's been a hint the first few weeks that we're going to get one, and it hasn't come to fruition. But we got two this week, so. Mm. Uh, enjoyed both thoroughly, even though on one end of it my team lost. Uh, what about your low light? Uh, Manly's injury toll. It's just mounting up, uh, and that's crippling at what I you know, obviously perceive as a tough and entertaining side. So mm. um, They've had enough, I guess, black eyes over the last month, uh, and they, they just keep coming. The punches just keep coming for Manly. So old saying, I guess, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, well, that was... Part of mine was the injuries, but also the quality of that game and also that Sharks-Titans game. Saturday pretty much depressed me. It was a pretty poor pretty poor game. It started off pretty well with Penner from Newcastle, but the two after it, I was pretty tired, to be honest. Mm. So, uh, yeah, hopefully the standard lifts over the next few weeks for those sides. What about your best? Uh, the Knights, four from four. Uh, totally unexpected, I guess. But uh, they're probably playing the most attractive brand of footy I've, I've watched over the first four rounds, but... I guess the question that on most people's lips will be whether they can sustain it. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. When I watched that game with you, they know who they are. They've got... Well, sol- they lost their identity under Wayne Bennett. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, Wayne Bennett comes in and just plays boring. He's batshit, though. He didn't play to what the strengths were. They don't have bad halves. Like, Tyron Roberts, Jared Mullen, you got to remember, has played Origin on their day. They can move the footy. They've both got a pretty good kicking game. Uh, they've got probably easily one of the best back lines in the competition. They're using that as a strength and their forward pack's pretty no-frill, so Rick Stone's definitely put things back to basics and it's paying dividends at the moment. Yeah, well, use, use the players that you've got to the best of their abilities. Mm. Now, what about your... Oh, sorry, we're going to go my best. I had a kind of a three-way tie. No one really stood out exceptionally to me, but I had Newcastle there, as you said, just from uh, the way they've been playing their football. Parramatta, showing that uh, there is some... Uh, ad-lib football out there, not having to play to that structured system. They pulled South apart. There was some pretty loose football. And uh, the Roosters, I just love the way they run their shapes, even though they did play Canberra. Every time they ran that shape, there was a multiple pass options for them. They could have scored a multitude of ways, but they just pulled Canberra apart and 
uh, even found time to tinker with their bench and take a couple of blokes off that were had some niggles. So yeah, yeah, they're a very impressive roster. But what about your worst? Uh, the halves still getting hit off the ball. It's annoying me. Uh, it needs to be addressed. It didn't get addressed at all this weekend. Seems like the NRL is just going to put their head in the sand over it and hope it goes away. But it's it looks to me like it's going to take a very serious injury to someone. Uh, and it, I probably shouldn't just pigeonhole it on halves. It's a lot of people getting hit off the ball or after they've passed the ball, in my opinion, that they could either pull out of, um, or if they, they're not pulling out of it, they surely know the ball's gone. They don't have to whack them as hard as what they do. Grab onto them or similar to kicks. You see players going really, really hard to charge down a kick. Once a kick goes, they readjust and just grab the player or slowly take them to the ground rather than being aggressive if they've still got the ball. So, uh, it's yeah, it's going to take a serious injury to one of our stars. And I don't want to see that happen. There's enough injuries already. Mm. And, that, and the game's tough enough without, you know, obviously adding more injury and, and more risk of injury with that sort of play. Yeah, mine was just the Sharks. I know, uh, probably picked on in the last few weeks, but that is disgusting, to be honest. I have no idea what's going on there. As I said, it was a lower game, but the first four weeks, they've shown no, absolutely nothing. Intercept try. They oh. probably should have won round one against Canberra, so it could easily be two and four. Could be two and four, but they're not. And well, they're not. It's getting no. ugly, though. I well, know it's the same as the Knights. You could say the Knights could easily be two and four, but... That's footy, and those breaks are going to break the other way eventually in, in a long season. So no, I'm talking just the style of play in general, though. They just look lost. They're just taking hit-ups. It looks like an A-grade side, to be honest. Mm. Plenty of one-outs. I know they lost Farmer and Brown, Barber. Yeah, and now they're, Brown they're claiming Barber. about Barber, but Barber wasn't helping in the first place. No, but it, it, you need consistency in those positions to get better. You know, look at Milford. He's slowly getting better. Mm. Um but Having just, him off the field is definitely not helping. Just all around. I think uh, the spine's really struggling. They're playing a really boring brand of football that has taken a million hit-ups. So something needs to change there. They need to spark up a little bit. Uh, but I suppose, what questions you got coming out of this oh, round? The one all I had was, do you think, you know, Newcastle obviously 4-4, four and four, do you think they'll make the 8? They would have been out of most people's 8s at the start of the year. Um, do you think they'll end up in the 8? Well, thinking probably on the basis of origin, I'd probably say yes. If Bo Scott who probably gets picked for New South Wales and a good guy who's probably a possibility. Uh, is there other oh, he's players? A def, he's a definite. Yeah, is there other players? You, you could say Matiado, who has played for Australia, would be in line, but you know he's playing off the bench for them at the moment, so I wouldn't see him probably in that frame. Uh, is Leilua in the frame? God knows we've got a million centres. We've got plenty of depth there, but uh, depending on their draw during the origin period and if they only lose those one or two, I think it's highly possible. And with a 4-4 four and four start... Yeah, you, you basically look every year. You need to win half your games, twelve games. They're almost halfway there. Yeah, so it's it's not a bad way to be kicking off the season. That's for sure. No. Uh, any other questions? No. Uh, mine goes back to what you said about Manly with the injury toll the way it is right now. Would you be willing to put a pen through them? No, I'm not going to put a pen through them. But at the moment, they wouldn't be in my eight. And the other ones, the Sharks at zero and four. No, they're gone. I, I didn't have them in my eight anyway. No, I didn't have them in mine. I don't. For on that the reason, fringe. I just don't think they've got enough points in them. I them on the fringe, but the sad thing is, you know they're going to pick Callum, so straight away they lose the heart and soul of their forward pack. Uh, Fafita, probably. Front rowers, I was going to say, I don't, don't really, not really impressed with Tarmel and many others running around. First, probably Cade Snowden and Woods have been the, the two form front They've rowers two form for New South Wales. But Fafita, you know, with his minutes and what he offers in his best day, is quite possibly going to get picked. Uh, I don't know if they reach back for I, I think it'd be a no-brainer. They'll, they'll pick him. Mm. I think... 40 brings. Marin as well, I suppose. Yeah, it depends. But he's definitely going to be in the mix. Yeah, so I think there might be a couple that they lose and they're already in a bad enough spot as it is. So. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, 0-4 is not really a good start. But uh, they're pretty much the only questions I've got. We'll jump into the reviews of the games from the weekend. It kicked off Friday night. The Parramatta Eels with that great win, as we said, 29-16. 
over South. And probably more impressive, again, uh, the transformation under Brad Arthur is just the spirit of never giving up because they're another team, much like Manly, but uh, still fighting on who are severely affected by injury and suspension. Yeah, well, they are. And to come up with that victory over um, South Sydney was incredible. Uh, it didn't look good early. I thought South sort of looked on top and maybe they took the foot off the pedal thinking it might be an easy night. But um, Parramatta just, they're not scared to step out of their structure. Like, like when the structure works, they stick to it, but they're, they've got some bend in them, Parramatta. They, they don't mind um, changing their style to best suit the game, mm. um, which I think is a, a sign of a, a very good coach and very good coaching. And more impressive again, just the aggression. He's playing a you know a, a much older style of football in that regard. It's not the wait for you to come to us, three men in, catch and drop. They're they're, they're being super aggressive. In particular, I enjoyed watching uh, Denny Wicks and Darcy Lussick team up and just bash everybody. Yeah, they're making sure that everybody that plays Parramatta leaves the field knowing they've played the Eels, regardless of the result. Yeah, they ran some different shapes as well, which was refreshing. Um, applicable to I think South's defence. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's. Oh, I really like watching Parramatta play. Whether they, you know, the week before they went down in flames um, in New Zealand. Obviously, the week before that they had a lot of injuries against the Dogs. But they're, they're all, the games the Eels are in are always entertaining, and that's probably something you can't say about the majority of the teams in the game at the moment because they all tend to play a similar uh, style of footy. But um, Parramatta are definitely entertaining. Yeah, well, I look think... at the crowd at Parramatta. They're massive crowd so well I think this week I saw somebody post today last week they saw memberships was 15,000 and I think after the weekend they're up to 19 and a half mm. so slowly but surely they're, they're starting to build a little momentum well, Paramount, I love a bandwagon oh, people are fairly impressed uh, on the south side of things I'm not really surprised we said that we thought they were weeks ahead uh, obviously being prepped for the nines prepped for the world club challenge I can't really defend it but I think we've uh, learned how important Dylan Walker is also because mm. they lack some potency on the edges there well, you know that I, I I really, really liked them to get beat by the Tigers a week before, but mm. um, that obviously didn't come to fruition. But the Tigers had their chances. and Yeah, they'll let down uh, the by The difference halves. was the, the Eels took theirs and um, 100%. the Tigers were Ford's, Ford's held their own again, but the, the halves and the backs last week, well, the backs didn't really have a say. Luke yeah. Brooks and Moses were near absent, but uh, Chris well, Sandow. And the talk of South going through undefeated, ridiculous. Oh, never going to happen. And no you, you're going to chuck in the origin period again. Anyone that even talks about being undefeated these days is absolutely kidding themselves. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you able to get 20 wins, I think, out of 24, that would be I think ridiculous. 10, 10's ridiculous. Yeah. Undefeated, well, that's that's a massive call. But well, there was a TAV market for it. Oh, I know. I saw the market. And you, you got $4 or four seventy five or something like that if you would have gotten to Parramatta uh, to be the first loss on their record, but that, I think that's a welcome wake-up call. You've got to put Walker back in the equation. I go back to exactly what I've said before. Joel Reddy's got to be out of that team. There's got to be someone else there. Just errors galore. Yeah, and well, it's been week after week. Like, he grabs a try here or there. He does one or two. For, for one or two good things he does in a game, he does five or six bad. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was the only player out there that struggled. Oh, they, they just look, they look fatigued. I'm not defending that, but watch the first four weeks and find a game where he hasn't made I just, two. I really struggled to... Uh, work out their spacings on their edges. Their spacings on their edges were very wide and it just looked like they weren't working together defensively, which is well, that something comes, you not often see with um, from South Sydney, which was was a bit of a shock. Comes with change also. We know Orvar's still suspended. Then you take Walker out, Reddy's only just moved back in. So there's a few spots there, which was my gripe at the start of the year. I uh, wasn't so confident that the edge defence would cope 
and yeah. that Orvar would be a really big loss, which it has proved to be. And also, I think Parramatta won the middle of the field. And oh, it's as simple as that. Big time. And they were better in the halves. Kiri and Reynolds were absent somewhat from that game when they needed two players to step up, whereas Sandow and Norman, I thought, were Parramatta's two best. Yeah, they were. Both had a hand in everything. So good on the, the Eels. They've got the Tigers this week. That should be a cracker game. Two teams on the rise and... The big clash, it's the Dogs versus South Sydney. The Golden Point game we had last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Or they kicked the field goal. Oh, I don't think it went a Golden Point. They kicked that field goal, Hodkinson, didn't they? It was a cracker that game. That was like the second or third week in a row, wasn't it? I think they had a one-point win or something mm. like that. But, uh, that should be an absolute cracker on Easter Friday. Speaking of the Dogs, they were the other Friday night game. 25-24 in Golden Point. It's Easter Monday. Over the Tigers. Easter Monday. It's, yeah, it's the, Easter Monday. It's the Good Friday. Oh, you're talking about South Dogs is South Good Friday. Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the Tigers, uh, Tigers Eels is Monday. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of the Dogs, like I said, 25-24, one in Golden Point over the Tigers. And uh, similar to last week, I think the the difference here was the Tigers did post the points, which they didn't post the week before, but they didn't close the game out. Yeah, it was a strange game, really strange game. Like, the Tigers looked all over them. Uh, the Dogs sort of, they wanted to finesse the ball a little bit, play a little bit sideways, and uh, the Tigers' defensive system worked well. Uh, and then, yeah, they just the Tigers just took their chances. As you said, the week before, they nothing seemed to stick. But for the first 60 minutes on Friday night, everything seemed to stick. And Yeah, um, yeah it was... Brooks much improved, actually got involved, touched the footy, Tedesco. I was actually a bit worried at half-time. I thought, like, six all. Um, I just thought the Tigers had a lot of chances they probably... Not that they didn't take, but uh, I thought they, they got the better of possession and probably the chances. But then they came out of the gates and... Um, posted three quick tries, but they just couldn't hold on. Yeah, well, the Bulldogs, I thought, looked a bit rattled or frazzled, like you said, purely on the, the readjustments. Two major late changes. You lose Brett, oh, Brett Morris, Morris in the warm You lose Tim Laffey, so that really messes up your structure. They said that Josh Jackson. Well, I had time to adjust to Laffey. Like, Morris is in the warm up. That's hard. That's really hard. Because you can't obviously have a player running the captain's run or, you know, structurally change your team. Your, your whole whole format and basis of your play is going to change, uh, particularly for a fullback. Like, it's just a key position. Yeah, well, I think even defensively, centre. And Josh Jackson got caught out once or twice because he was plugging that gap. Shows yeah. the, the difference in speed and decision-making. You've got to pick specialists. You need to be. So uh, that hurt. And Tony Williams basically played 5-8 again. But I've got to give him a wrap. I didn't think he was too bad. Yeah, he was. He was good. thought uh, Frankie Pritchard starting again was pretty good on that edge. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Pritchard. I, I don't... I don't know whether he gets enough minutes for the dogs. No, I think that's the problem with having all the monsters, though. Yeah. You've got Clemmer on the bench. Tim Brown's been valuable. Greg Eastwood, they've got a couple of internationals sitting on the bench waiting to get on the I think the, field, the, so. the format of their bench will change once Josh Reynolds comes back because I think you'll find Mbile slotting into the bench. They might play a little bit more mobile, which I think will suit them. They've got, they've got too many monsters there, I think, at the moment. I think they just need to play more direct and cut out all the passing crap, like I've said before. They go too sideways for the amount of big boppers they do have. Mm. I think if they just laid a platform, uh, they'd be absolutely fine and get those yeah, players more involved. But. Monkey off Josh uh, Morris's back. Yeah, he got rid of it, finally. It's about time he scored a try. It's yeah. taken long enough for a new It was a year, I think. It was a year. It was mm. 20-something games. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I thought Leisha was good. And by obviously closed things out again, uh, those forwards. Tigers, Tedesco, Sue, Tapao, I thought they are all good again. But, yeah, Jason Taylor, you can take plenty from that. But you'd be disappointed two weeks in a row not getting results. Oh, yeah, you'd like to have got... Two out of those four points have yeah. gone really close to winning both games. And they're the ones at the end of the year you might look at and say they're two of the bigger sides, but if we were to jag those points, we'd be yeah, further well, you up. you just got to make so. sure you, your next two close games you win them, I guess, to even things out. But Yeah, well, Tigers, Tigers, as you said, they're going to play the Eels this week. They're away in the, the big clash on Friday. South versus the Bulldogs, the grand final rematch. 
Saturday kicked off Newcastle Knights 26-14 over the Penny Panthers. And again, very impressive uh, by Newcastle. Just sticking to what they are. They know their identity as a team. Rough and tumble forward pack. They make sure you know you've been in a contest. Clydesdale's been solid out of nine. The halves looking very good. And the back line, probably the most potent weapon. And they're awesome coming out of yardage with those backs. Lailua, Gagai, all these guys chip in. They make lots of metres. And uh, when they move the football, they look brilliant. It was a tough day for the club. We we went 0-3 up in Newcastle. Um, we just looked out enthused in, in first grade. I know Ivan Cleary was very unhappy at half-time uh, with the performance. But I guess, again, you could look at the Bulldogs. The Panthers had some changes in key positions again this week. Um, obviously, the late withdrawal of James Segaro um, was a you know a real, I guess, knife in the back. Um, but full credit to Newcastle, they they played good footy. They uh, they completed uh, a lot better than Penrith, I think. Um, and when they had their opportunities, they they took them. They defend very aggressively, Newcastle. I, I like how how aggressive they are, and they look to get up and force errors. And um, Penrith looked a little bit rattled in the first half, but. I definitely think Penrith uh, came up with enough chances to win the game. They just couldn't execute. My gripe with Penrith at the moment is they look a little bit too happy trying to throw the ball around every single play. They were going side to side, not earning the right to move the football. Yeah, which... I think it's a fine ba- it's a fine balance because last year they were probably criticised in the finals of not having enough skill in them to post enough points to go with those better sides. So I think Cleary's obviously tried to address that. Um, but again, with with trying to play more expansive comes more errors. More errors gives you risks of, of losing games, obviously. So, yeah, it's they're in a bit of a transition phase, I think, Penrith, just just trying to get a little bit more expansion in their game. And I think they've got a roster built um, to play to play that way, to play the skillful way, but I guess they've just got to learn the balance. I agree, but you've still got to play direct. You can't go three yeah. or four sets ahead. Well, I think the obvious, right the, obvious, uh, the obvious counter for that is they lost Segaro, which is who's their direct? He's, he's direct. He's, oh, straight he's direct, to but there was no big boppers punching in and getting a quick play the ball. Mm. They were yeah, I just, hands, I think, hands, hands, turn inside, hands, shift here, shift there. It looked like Gamma was taking it. Yeah, they, were, they, they were out in thirds, I thought, first half. And, they, yeah, they probably were a little bit sideways. And but Probably my other gripe and uh, Peter Wallace. Two weeks in a row, he's just been absolutely speed bumped. I don't know if he doesn't like tackling. I know he's getting spotted up on, but he needs to fix that up because people are going to keep looking at that in video sessions. They're just going to keep tearing him apart, to be honest. Yeah, I, structurally, I, Penrith a few times got caught out not getting off the line, um, and yeah, not not going into too much depth of um, how they how structurally they defend, but uh, they they definitely weren't were caught out a few times not following obviously the system that's in place and. Um, I guess Wallow falls into that that category, but uh, you know they did a lot of tackling first half as well, which was which was difficult. But um, yeah, there's a lot of players there, you know, not under pressure, but um, who I, I guess clearly will be giving a tap on the shoulder to this week at some stage. Yeah, well, I was impressed, you know, especially considering they're they're coming back home and they're what are they now two and two, um, and they're you know they've got. The Red Hot Cowboys coming in now, and the Cowboys are going to be looking for another, another victory. You know, they're, they're not out of the woods at all. So uh, it bodes as a difficult or very exciting night on Monday night. I think it'd be a really good game. Yeah, well, two and two for them. Very impressed, Newcastle. Uh, Jared Mullen, I thought he really controlled the game along with Roberts. Yeah, I was going to say, um, we're probably not giving Newcastle enough credit. I, uh, I'm uh, giving Newcastle I think, plenty um, credit. I think Penrith were... No, I'm not saying us. I think we're, you know, we were obviously across it, but a lot of people were sort of quick to criticise Penrith. I think people should have been quick to give so. credit to Newcastle, especially Newcastle. It now seems like they've got that 
um, home field advantage back. Like a lot of sides are rolling up. They like the Titans won on Alex McKenday last year. Mm. Like tell me ten years ago if something like that happened, any side would get anywhere near Newcastle. No, going there was a pain in the ass. Yeah. But... Um, and and the crowd the crowd seems to be again they're loud um, they're behind their team so well they get good signs angry. in Newcastle they get even angrier this week because Tarek Sims is back so he's going to be joining in on this little hit squad and there's plenty of angry bastards in that side so yeah. uh, him Jeremy Smith and Bo Scott once Corbin gets back things are going to be very very mean when you play Newcastle um, they've got the Dragons this week to play for the Alex McKinnon Cup the inaugural so that's a good touch by both those clubs that's at home again massive chance to go so, 5-0 yeah good luck to the Dragons going up there I think they'll be absolutely jacked up this week the Newcastle Knights and the Cowboys as you said they travel to play Penrith this week uh, that will be a big game for both clubs the Cowboys look like they got the monkey off their back last night and played themselves back in a form and uh, Penrith they definitely need to wake up because otherwise I think they could have a score put on them if the Cowboys play the way they did the last 20 minutes last night Saturday again, Cronulla versus the Titans, 24-22. Uh, late winner, but otherwise this game was... You never really knew who was going to win this game. No. It was in the balance, it was back and forth. No one really uh, dominated or controlled it. You couldn't really get a good read on things. It was a bit of a mess, to be honest. Yeah, it was. It was a mess. Even the try scored were a mess. I mean, you had Chris Onington being brought off the field, um, and Dave Taylor scores. You had the intercept try, tries off kicks. Mm. Just, yeah, it was... It was a sign of, um, you know, two teams really struggling to find an identity and find some form. Yeah. Well, I've got to give a rap probably to Kane Elgie. I thought he was pretty stable. He was very good. In his first game. His first, first game, he was great. He played very direct. He took the line on a couple of times. I thought he was probably better than Caesar on the I night. I thought he defended pretty well too, which was yeah, well, he's put a bit probably of, my main concern. Put a bit of size on him. He was an absolute stick. He's still not the biggest bloke in the world, but he looks like he's shot up a little bit from the kid I watched play under 20. Yeah, so. he's, um, he's got me excited. He looks like he's got a lot of promise to kid. Well, they've got the talk now. It's definitely between them and Manly. Manly have chucked in a two-year offer with more money, but the Titans have offered three years. Yep. So the Titans are pretty much, well, we're not resigned to the they're resigned to the fact that either him or Caesar is going to be going, mm. but they're going to try and lock up one of them to make sure they've got a partner for Cherry Evans because at the moment, well, I was very Caesar, worried about losing Caesar, but Caesar's, after the weekend, I thought, well, well, Caesar's yeah. back in talk with the Dogs, and obviously, man, they're coming hard for LG, so they're going to have to make sure they get one of the deals across the line, pretty much. Yeah, that's, I, I wouldn't say I don't saying. think LG got a manly. Well, it depends what they're offering, I suppose. Like he's a Gold Coast kid. Um, if the deals are anywhere near each other, there's no way you'll go to Manly. Well, they've got the extra year. I don't know what the money's like, but again, it's all going to come down to, in the end, probably what's best for him. Yeah. But the Titans said they need to get one across the line, and all I can say is, duh, you do need to get one across the line. Do, yeah. So that, that's their number one priority before all this other outside recruitment they've been speaking of. Make sure that Cherry Evans has got a partner. Uh, but James Roberts there, he took that pass at the end. I felt bad for Wade Graham. I thought he tried pretty hard. Well, I mean, if that pass, if he misses that, they probably go the length the other way and score. Yeah, and we're well, not talking about well, it. Well, it's so. the playmaker's curse, isn't it? You throw yeah. some good ones, you throw some damn bad if you ones. Do, damn if you don't. That's right. uh, otherwise, I thought, like I, I said, I thought more, uh, more to the point around the, you know, the fact the game was still close. It's just how often they took the two. Yeah, well, they that, took the two at two when they were two up to go four up. I just Paul didn't Gallen get that at all. On the Triple M NRL, and I was saying, was that a lack of confidence? And they were just playing it off as, oh, that's. Between me and the coaching staff, I have to talk to them and they tell me what they want to do. And they, they took multiple shots well, I at goal. Well, Funnigan in the press conference say that I'll leave it up to the players. Yeah, well, they're both going the opposite way. Then, Contradicting each other. Yeah, I, I, it was a really strange one. I thought, well, yeah, okay, you go up by four. Well, they copped it the, the Titans, week. The Titans still scored a converted try. They copped it the week before, I think, when they had a couple of opportunities. Or the week before that, they didn't take the two in yeah. a game. And then this week, they took three. Or... Especially being down... Well, I, 
I understand the philosophy of go, we're going all in. We're either, we're either yeah. taking them all or we're not. But well, that at that point one, in the game, that last one did nothing. That that's when you're winning and losing the game. If it's if it's five minutes in and you, I can understand taking the two. Mm-hmm. You know, but with you know ten to go, yeah, the last one it's changed. totally different. Didn't change a thing. They still it didn't change. A thing. You're right, exactly. Because so it didn't, it didn't ice the game. It created more urgency for the Titans. It did. And that showed Cronulla's position. They were going, okay, we'll take the two and just hope to God that we hold on. Yeah. Worst case, they were waiting on a shot at goal for them not to lose that game. So, yeah, it was pretty It was strange. It was, yeah, it was sort of like, well, we'll get the two and we'll just hope we hang on. Not, no, give me the ball, let's tap it, let's score and ice the game. You know, let's let's put destiny in our own hands. I, it, it did. It screamed of a lack of confidence. Well, that's for sure. Nine losses in a row at Ramondas now. That's crazy. The prison's it? not the prison anymore. No, we've we've lost there. Uh, well, you, yeah, you've lost some tipping points there. Yeah. Well, I keep going back. I to definitely the did last year. Yeah. Well, when I was it's, uh, it's when not, I was tipping, it's not going to get any better. They're playing the Roosters this week, and they're away. So that's I don't think that's going to be fun for them. The Titans play the Broncos, and the Titans. I still thought. I've been full of spirit the last few weeks. I'm looking forward to watching this. Well, there's one game. We, there's one game we weren't in. That's the Penrith game, and I think even that we're in probably for, for 20 well, the, minutes. The early tries kind of took the, the wind out of yeah, your sails, but, but we got um, smashed. But uh, they're at home to the Broncos, so I'm looking forward to that game. The one, the one point out of this game for me was the Bofaloon tackle. Mm. He got one week for that. Yeah, well, that Trebojevic got a higher grading for his tackle, which I thought was a ripper, and it, that was textbook. And Paulo got nine weeks. I just, I'm not. Un- yeah, well, all I can say is Trebojevic, they're fighting the charge today. And after watching those two, if Falloons is not worse than Trebojevic's, I'm not here. Trebojevic should get off without a Is charge. it the same committee giving the gradings? Oh, God, I don't pay attention to Or is there a committee for each game? I don't even bother. If there's a committee for each game, I could sort of understand it. But already it's the him. same people that are looking at both those tackles and they're, they're grading Trebojevic's higher. Trebojevic's was great. That's ridiculous. I didn't even see what was wrong with it. He jammed him front on. Yeah, the the player leaned back, but he went straight on his back. So it needs to be an investigation. I'm a bit dumbfounded how they come up with that. But if Falloon's only got a week, Trebojevic is getting off. I'm backing that in right now. Yeah, yeah, but it depends also whether they're willing to roll the dice and go and challenge it. They are. Oh, they're going to. Okay. Yeah, Manly challenging theirs. I don't know about Falloon, but... Uh, no, it, Falloon should bloody kiss his lucky stars. Manly have gone straight enough to hearing about that grading for Falloon's tactile. Absolutely. They showed it again today and said, are you kidding? Mm. He's hit him clean and the players leaned back a little bit. He went flat on his back. Falloon's just thrown the bloke, almost put him straight on his melon. He's lucky. He's it's got to the lucky. point where you're almost... You can't lift it all. No. Unless you're going to... It's like going back to... Unless you hit and drive, where you've got that kind of control of the legs and they're in, you've got your shoulder and lift. the You can drive, I'm, I'm you can drive through the tackle. Lift away from the body and like pivot with the legs. That's the big problem. Falloon's was that technique where you lift up and then you get that twist with your arms, pretty much losing all control. Mm. He didn't have his head tucked into the rib cage and his shoulder driven in. Yeah. So, yeah, it was an ugly tackle. But they got the Broncos this way. Cronulla, like I said, no easier. they got to go play the Roosters. But we're speaking of Manly. They went down 12-4. to 4 to the Dragons on the weekend, who, again, they, they jagged a second win. Uh, after all the criticism, I'm still not really impressed. This was another game that kind of made me a bit sleepy, but Manly yeah. hurting further. Lawrence obviously going to be out long-term now with a back injury. Starling re-injuring his knee, uh, coming back on the weekend. Fleti Mateo in a very ugly tackle, who's been pretty good for them the first few weeks. They're just they're battling big time. I think their, their attacks showed signs it's going to improve, the Dragons, but... They still don't look like they've got a lot of points in them, and well, they got the this problem. is the type of win they're going to have to grind out. And this, to me, is sort of a, a blueprint for the Sharks. You know, they of what they're trying to do. Um, the Sharks it's not working for them. Doing the right thing, probably as far as meters in their forward pack, but they're just stupid errors. Yeah, they should just kick 
every set on the fourth or the fifth and wait until they get an error inside the red. Yeah, they should just bash sides out of the game like they used to, and then wait until they yeah, get. But I just good think ball. when they get into the red, they they're really struggling to score. Oh, they panic and they panic when they're coming out. They throw dumb offloads and make errors. And this right. game probably highlights what I said in the fast five. Like my low light is just manly have got no points in at the moment because they're just no they're so injury riddled. They're injury riddled. They were saying that the other day. Oh, what, what about the points? I'm like, well, what do you expect Foreign and Cherry Evans to do with no platform? No go for you got to yeah. go sideways. And even Foreign, he wasn't 100%. No, he wasn't. I'm very he surprised wasn't. he's or, bothered. Or even if he was, he, d- he didn't have confidence in the fact that he was fit and healthy, that's for sure. No, I will give them one thing. They still only let 12 points in. I think they only let two oh, tries definitely. In, and they, definitely. they battled on. They've still got the grit, but, but they're just lacking the... The Dragons, I'm still not consoled on this whole thing between Widop and Benji. I don't think they like each other. Benji's looking for the knockout play and saying that he's in control and that's what they agreed on. Then Widop's coming out saying, nah. We've the most ridiculous thing in rugby league is Harv's talking about who's in control and who isn't in control. Well, they play what, what deems who is in control is what the defence does. You should be basing your attack around Ooh. what you're looking at in front of you. You can't. It'd be like saying that you know whoever they're playing, for example, who have they got this weekend? The Dragons. Newcastle. They've got Newcastle. Saying that Newcastle's got the best left edge defence in the league, but we're going to attack their right hand side because that's where our controlling half is. Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the problem is. Benji's looking for these one knockout plays all the time, mm. and he makes some bad errors. And a few of the games have been absolute shockers. And Widop comes from this Melbourne school, where you play the percentages, you run through, you, you know, you grind out your sets, you try and force repeat. So he's getting frustrated. Yeah. Well, if it's good enough for Greg Alexander, and Greg Alexander said exactly similar to what you were saying that Widop should be getting the majority of the touches because he's, he's got more composure. For sake, well. He's getting, he's got more composure. I think he's got a better kicking game. Uh, and the Dragons are just going to be better off with him steering the ship and then adding a little bit of salt and pepper here and there. And I've got to throw Benji. this out there again. Benji's getting very close to creating another toxic environment like he did at the the Tigers. I know it's not in those stages, but if you ruin this relationship with Widop, who was their big signing, mm. and almost won the Dally M last year. What gives you the impression that's toxic? It's toxic. When they're coming out on the same day and having completely different views, they said, oh, Benji said this is what you've agreed on. And he's going, uh, nah, that's not what we've agreed on. Okay. So there's two different things going on, but I think he's starting to... There's a bit of a jive there. I don't think he's too happy. Mm. And I'd be pretty angry as well because some of the errors he's coming up with... He ripped him on the weekend, actually. I don't know if there's video on the highlights, but he gave it to him. Widop did. He made an error, like first, second tackle in the red zone trying to come up with a miracle play. And it was the second or third time, and Widop was not happy at all. It wasn't a pat on the back or, come on, mate. He absolutely shredded him. So I think Benji needs to pull his head in. I, I still don't know why they paid so much money for him. Well, it's it's interesting. like you said, it's a clash in styles. Widops come from Melbourne, which is very you know we play the percentages and we're disciplined. Ego on Benji's part. Um, Benji's come from the Tigers, where they just played this open attacking style. So he's the one who come out and said, "I'm a I can't do those things anymore. I'm going to be a mature number seven. He's making more errors than ever. Mm-hmm. So I think he needs to pull his head in and mend things with Widop, and they'd be a lot better side. Yeah, as I said, I, you know, I was never a halfback, and I don't profess to know a lot about halfback play, but. Um, if, if it's good enough for Greg, Greg Alexander and he's saying that yeah. um, Widop should be taking control and most of the touches, I think well, that makes sense to I me. I think we saw when they were dominant last year, Widop was getting most of the football yeah. and they were winning games. Well, so. maybe it is the fact that they're not posting a lot of points. The, the, 
I mean, they're going to Benji because he's he's not renowned for you know come on up with those sparky. But, he, but he's doing this stupid crap at the start of the game. That Tigers. Oh, game, look, that, I, I'm not arguing. With you. I'm just saying way, maybe you know? that's why you know the pressure of the fact that they're not posting many points. They're not building pressure. He's just trying to come up with knockout punches. Yeah, and, the, and the and the man to build pressure for you is Widow. Yeah, and that definitely. kills your side in general. I'd be frustrated going back to what we play as as forwards. There's nothing that kills me more than a seven who doesn't have to get dirty, doesn't have to do all the extra work when you make stupid errors. But then gives a ball. If you're going to give the footy away first, second play when we're in the red zone and we just got the ball back, you're not my friend. No. You need to be smarter. So I think they need to sort that out. But they were pretty good. They grinded things out. I thought Dugan playing on that ankle injury was pretty good. Nottingale was close to their best, I thought. He's a crack. 21 tackles as a winger. What a player. That's pretty massive. And, uh, yeah, Manly, I've got to give respect to. With all those injuries, they still battled on, defended pretty hard. But uh, they're at home this week to the Raiders. I think if the Raiders are going to grab a win, this is it. Mm. They've uh, they've been in most games. They definitely weren't in the Roosters game. But if they're going to get their confidence back, now's the time of the wounded Manly side. Last time they went to Manly, they got beat by fifty or something. Like wow. The week after they beat Melbourne, and as we said, the inaugural Alex McKinnon Cup between Newcastle and the Dragons this week up there at Newcastle. That should be a great game as well. Yeah, great. But Sunday, the Warriors went down to the Broncos, twenty-four to sixteen. Taylor two halves, first half. Pretty much all the Broncos. Yeah, you're not wrong. They had all the football. Everything was going their the way. The Warriors, nothing stuck for the Warriors in the first half, did it? No, nah, they had a few passes. But also, they just got Kane on the penalty in the possession side of things. They had no football. Was it just me or was this game? did this game have a lot of penalties in it early? Ridiculous amount. Yeah. I thought the Warriors got the short end of the stick in particular. They got absolutely bashed in the first half. Yeah. Second half, I'm going to give them a wrap, though. They made their own luck. They come out and just thought, okay, we've been absolutely Kane. Let's just let it ride. Yeah. They played their power game. They worked off offloads, quick play the balls, grabbed a few tries. Johnson finally decided to join in on a game. I thought Townsend was brilliant all game, but Johnson chipped in when it mattered mm. somewhat. But um, Townsend play, just plays straight. Yeah, pushes he does. up. And he works off that system. He, he always pushes ball. through the... Like, Johnson should push up on offloads more like Townsend does, especially with the speed he's got. He'd score a lot of tries. Mm. It's, uh, Townsend, I thought Ryan Hoffman was epic again. Simon Mannering, those two are just way too reliable. Yeah. And the bench forwards again, Lassone and Veto, get excited watching those two big boppers trying to tear people off. Lola here had a bit of a crashing to earth, didn't he? He didn't have his greatest he day was out. flat. Bit of uh, a lot of learning to come out of that game for yeah. Lola here. Well, four weeks in, playing full-time NRL, he looked very tired. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's a classic thing that first-grade coaches say, that, and that, again, that often happens. playing as a half, you know, not having to cover all that ground, full-backs nude him, so he's also getting his motor adjusted to having to fill in now that Sam Tompkins is going to be out for, uh, you know, yeah. six weeks apparently. But I was pretty impressed by the Warriors. I thought they were hard done by that penalty at the end. I've seen that a million times in the line. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed. And then the one after that was a knock-on. Touched a Broncos player and McCulloch put the ball down after. I don't know they didn't see that. Yeah, I agree with that one. But... Um, I'm not going to say they were robbed. They definitely weren't robbed. They were in it. Um, they hurt themselves in the first half. Brisbane, slowly getting better, like you said, the halves. Hodges was very good, but now we find out he's torn his hamstring. So mm. Ouch. That's, gonna, that's definitely going to hurt. They're supposed to get Copley back this week, but the best player on the park uh, for Brisbane was Parker again. Yeah, and I was... thought Alex Glenn, again, very close to one of their best, not getting as much credit for all the dirt work he'd done, but he yeah. was epic. Glenn and so. Parker are the two... Workers, aren't they? They're just invaluable. Mm. And this week, like Benny, you said, Hunt, Benny Hunt's playing good footy. Yeah, oh, he's running the show. He's yeah. trying to bring Milford into things just, more and more. Yeah, I, I, last year, I not that he didn't convince me last year, but I thought maybe he's just on a run. But no, no. He, he's really mature. He's a good seven. He yeah. was just wait. He just had to wait. Like I said, all those hurdles, all the yeah, but I mean, it was all time. learning. It was all learning from him. He still oh, I get probably that. wasn't ready. But... but I thought he never got a crack. He never got to start. Mm. He had to play almost a hundred games before they gave him a start. Yeah, other halves like Cherry Evans have been thrown straight in. Got yeah, to show, their, on the situation. show their ability. He was blocked out because they had two state of origin players. 
And you know, and then afterwards they brought Prince yeah, I think over. It, I think it says a lot for the fact that you should stick. And I've said this before on the podcast: you, you should stick with your halves. He, he could have you stick with your halves. You oh. develop them, and you and you work on them, and well, you give them opportunities, and you, you bleed them in, and you, you don't give up on them. Well, I still say that they're very lucky he stayed because he got offered to go to Newcastle. Yeah, we well, could look at both ways. The fact that you know who really would have signed him Plenty. after some he had of four his four or five offers, and Newcastle were the big one. Yeah. they weren't basic money. He's one of the only halves that had to be blocked out in this modern age. There's a lot of guys that have got straight in. Foran got chucked in at 18. Cherry Evans got straight in. Hodgkinson got straight in, played series. Yeah, I just think it says a lot Caesar for... Caesar went straight in. It says a lot for um, developing them, giving them more time. I think there's development, but I reckon he was ready to go. He was just he probably was, out. but... Coaching decisions and then... How many halves do you see come in? And Well, Blake Green's probably a classic example of you just bounce around from club to club because they can't really fit in, and then they end up in England. But come back, and he's clearly good enough, just, just needed time to develop. No, he's never got the chance in Myers, which is a bit of a joke. But they got the Titans this week, so Battle of Queensland sides. They're away up at Urbina, hopefully a big crowd after they've got a win. And uh, the Warriors, they travel away to the Storm. I don't see that as a factor. We've been down there. There's plenty of Kiwi support the two times we've been to Amy Park. And uh, they usually pose a problem for Melbourne-style play. Yeah. So I don't know really be a good game. what to expect. But this is usually the Anzac game. Now it's going to be the Easter game, so... Should be an absolute cracker. The other Sunday game, not much to talk about in this one. The Roosters, 34-6 over Canberra. They were very clinical. Uh, six of the seven backline members scored. Mitchell Pearce had a hand in four tries. Yeah, it could have been more, too. Maloney running the football. Um, I think the only reason it wasn't more is because they experimented. They, yeah, they, they did. They took Warrior Hargraves off after his calf problem very early. He let Napa and Evans play more minutes so he could get a look at them, which is smart. Uh, he even gave Kiwi 50 minutes or so extra against his old club and just because of the position they were in. and. Mm. No, he mixed up the back rowers, took Gare off, let Napa play some back row, and uh, Ferguson, obviously the big one, come out of this. They took him off, and now they find out he's going to be out for four months with that foot injury. But yeah. um, no real. It is a big loss, but well, Kenny Dale moves back in. Yeah, probably exactly. Nana McDonald. They got Kiwi International, and then they've got three kids in Jack Goodsall, Brenton Elliott, and Nana McDonald, who all played First New South Wales, Wales, Queensland under twenties, and two of them played uh, for Australia. Mm. So I think Nana McDonald's the first option there. He's the big boy. Breaks tackles, very good in yardage, so uh, not too much changes for them, but I, I don't, yeah, there's no other way to sum it up. They just bash Canberra. Canberra don't have the, that star quality. That Where to for uh, Ricky Stewart? He looks, well, he's he looks, still, still whinging about roster turnover and they're building that roster. Um, so basically saying this year's a write-off? Oh, I don't know. That, that was more the impression I was getting the other day and that everyone should aspire to be like the Roosters. Canberra's not going to be like the Roosters. They don't really have the pulling power, do they? No, and that's more what he, when he was getting out of building. He wants to keep. But I do think the NRL needs to look at ways of how to how to improve Canberra because I I hate watching Canberra like the, the way they are now. Like we both grew up with Canberra being a powerhouse, um, and I guess Melbourne sort of taken over Canberra, haven't they? Because Canberra were getting all those Queensland sort of players, like Melbourne, obviously having the big three. Not not to say that they're getting all of them, and that comes back to recruitment, but. I just I think a strong Canberra's it's good for the game. I, they've been at the bottom for too long, in my opinion. Like the last sort of fifteen years, they, how many times they made the finals? Not many. And, and when well, they have, they've they've skipped in seventh and eighth. That's when they, when's, the, when's the last time they played in a preliminary final? Oh, I don't know about preliminary. That's cross. what I'm saying. Like, that's I, mean, a I mean, that's finals. Different realistically, story. finals. If you're in the bottom four in finals, you're, you're there for TV time. Really, you know how often we see teams win from outside the top eight, uh, top four. Rarely ever happens. You know that, those teams are there to fill in spots to make sure that the final series has got extra games and 
you know, we cash in. But well, the NRL realistically, does, the NRL does need to do something because, as I said to you, they pulled, happen, they pulled right? a million plus dollars out of the South Slogan program and the Queensland Cup setup because they produce a gem like Milford. And, he goes, and then the Broncos just buy him. Yeah, and go, I, well, I, don't, I really think we're going to do something for Canberra. The Broncos should have been the ones developing him if they found him, but they didn't. So Canberra had the shits and said, well, what's the point? So now they've pulled that out, kept the million bucks, and they're just going to steal someone else's kid, or they're going to try to. That was pretty much what they said. Yeah. But that's pretty sad because they've dug out some absolute gems in there. And I watched the Mounties play on the weekend. They're undefeated in the New South Wales Cup. And I think there's a few players there that are ready to play first grade. It's just a a matter of whether Ricky Stewart's going to make wholesale changes and dent the confidence, which it can do after a couple of losses. Yeah, but, like, or, they're not going to... They're not really going anywhere, you know? Like, I'll like, tell you the one... Just give him, give him the opportunity. I'll tell you the one who has to play first grade, and I've been banging on about it last year that he should have got him in there earlier, was Jack O'Hearn. I watched him play again on the weekend. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's the fact that he's not the, the fastest fullback in the world or whether he doesn't like him as a ball player, but I've watched him play fullback and I've watched him play six. He's a first grader. If anyone needed a decent ball playing fullback in an NRL squad on the cheap, he's a bloke I'd rather dice on. And again, every single week I've watched him, it wouldn't matter if he was playing six or one. He'd fit in both. Yeah. I know Rapana's been good. I know Whiten's been good, but I think you could strengthen your whole side. I don't think Edric Lee's been crash hot, to be honest, to start the year. I'd be almost tempted to punt him, put Jackie Whiten back there, knowing how good of a defender he is, and putting a Hearn there. He brings the ball play, he runs the football, he chips in, he just takes some... He's pretty much like Moylan, as far as the ball playing is concerned. If you want to take pressure off your halves, he's your man. But, you know, I don't think he's going to do that. I think they're going to persist with Whiten, who has been good, but uh, I just think they could plug two good... We'll find a spot for him. Plug two holes by having Whiten plug up that centre spot where you know he's such a dangerous defender, and then having uh, a Hearn coming at fullback, but... Yeah, and Sammy Williams I've been watching too. I haven't given up on Cornish, but Sammy Williams has been dominating New South Wales Cup, and he led him to the finals the other year and never should have been removed from that club. So don't know what else to say. But the Roosters, powerful. They got Cronulla this week at home. Uh, Christ, if Cronulla keep playing the way they are, it's going to be another towel up, that's for sure. And Manly, this who Canberra are playing at Brookvale. I'm probably going to back Canberra in, to be honest. If they turn up and show some of the effort they showed the first few weeks against this wounded Manly, they've got a good chance, but that depends on how their attitude is when they turn up. Manly are wounded, but you know what they're going to bring. Usually they're just going to bring the kitchen sink regardless of the circumstances. Mm. The round closed out last night. Another golden point game. The Cowboys getting home 18-17 to over the Storm. Uh, I thought the Storm and them were pretty sloppy in the first half. There was lots of errors, lots of turnovers. Melbourne obviously grabbing a couple of tries, though, going in uh, up. At the break, and the Cowboys, I felt, weren't really in this game until the last 20 minutes where all of a sudden they just started rolling forward and doing what you'd expect from... Well, Melbourne didn't really put them out of the game, did they? No. Nah, but I, I still don't think we should have played Cronk. I know people were saying he didn't look too hindered. I didn't see him really too much. He got hit a few times as well with that ankle problem. I'm, I would have been happy him just not playing and risking him because he was on the deck a few times during that game. Mm. I think it's way too early for us to be rolling the dice with one of the big three. Yeah, I guess the medical staff know best. Oh, I don't think they would have risked him. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's hard hard to tell, but I'd probably just be critical. They didn't really put them away. They, they had their chances to, you know, obviously they're up by a decent margin, but to really ice the game. Um, they shifted to it. And a desperate, desperate side like the Cowboys um, were always going to hang in and fight really hard. And in the end, if you, if you leave them close enough with long enough, and that theory got proven true, you know, they... They really did come home with a wet sail, the Cowboys, and you know, even with four minutes to go, you probably thought, oh, "Well, Melbourne will cruise in here." But 
just rugby league is a game of 80 minutes, isn't it? And it just takes one or two little things to go against you and well, the most dreadful, the game goes. The most dreadful part of the night was the amount of early shifts with no momentum. They the threw Melbourne. the ball over the sideline. I got trapped in a really bad... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Bad spot near the sideline, but that to waste the play, passing back in just to settle it to get to a kick. Mm. They were shifting way too early without laying any platform. And I Billy Slater chucked a few absolutely Barry Crockers on those early shifts as well. Mm, I thought at the back end of the game they looked really fatigued, Melbourne. I thought Cowboys came home with stronger legs, whereas well, in the in recent weeks they've only been home. Been critical of the Cowboys being the ones who run out of gas, whereas I thought the Cowboys were the team that came home with a wet sail in this game. Well, Melbourne's been home once in four weeks. They've had to travel, and you're talking Cronk no preseason, Smith off Look, I'm not, I'm not being critical. No, I'm, I'm just saying, saying I, you're probably... You know, for, us, for us saying that the Cowboys were out of gas. No, I'm saying what you're saying. Melbourne no, being just fatigued. For the fir- oh, I've said it. I've said it for the first three weeks. The Cowboys looked fatigued, but I was surprised this week because they, they were the ones that came home with yeah, it. With and the when you said that Melbourne looked fatigued, though, I'm backing you up. Yeah, I yeah, no, I those, those few guys have not I just had don't see pre-season. how that... Because people are sort of saying, oh, it's, it's the Cowboys conditioning. Well, is it? Like, you can't really change it in a week. They had a preseason this time. That's why I said to you I was really surprised. They even come out themselves and said we feel better than ever. Maybe it's just errors. and but, Yeah, the first few. I just think penalties. the first few weeks I stuck to what I said before. Their forwards were not doing a job. Yeah. Last night, the last 20 minutes... when They started to play straight in, though. And when Thurston's coming onto the ball and playing at the B defender, you know that their forward pack's doing their job. Yeah, and even Tamalola, I was explaining this to someone last night, saying, why is he not laying the platform? When you've got a strike weapon like that, you want a Scott or a Tamau to take that hit up where well, you that's get That's why they've the... got Scott and Tamau. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they lay that quick play of the ball for your more damaging runners to play off the back of. Yeah. You want Tam Malolo coming off one of those guys, getting you a quick ruck where he can play Jonathan off the back Th- of that. Jonathan Thurston wants Tam Malolo playing the ball before he, he, he runs. So yeah. it's it's a chain effect. You want one of those two, as you said, the two props to take a good one, Tam Malolo... That's your weapon. Um, to, your weapon. ...to then bang in another, yeah. and then you shift on Thurston. But those runners, people like Tam Malolo with footwork, offloads, you want them coming off the back of a quick play of the ball, not getting bashed. I like, um, I like the move to have Granville in there as well. They look faster. They, they look like they took advantage of some of the, uh, well, the go-for that they managed I'd to I'll tell you what I liked, and I said this last year before he got injured, they kind of rotated Morgan as the fullback again and put Lachlan Coote at six. Which works. I thought Kurt looked good when he was at Penrith the few Well, there's no, absolutely no reason why they can't float in and out. Like, well, if, if Morgan, that's the case, you've got three ball players. Morgan's in the bloody Australian squad as a fullback. When he's a six, he loves running the football, but as far as organising. There's similar positions in the fact that, in, you know, people say to me, oh, well, you say either one or the other, but there's similar positions in the fact that they complement each other. Like, both players have played both positions, both players can pass. Like, I think that's a massive advantage. The, I just think more The players than... they move from fullback to 5'8 who can't pass. It's really, like you look at Billy Slater. Billy Slater, then people say, oh, you can move him to 5'8. Well, you couldn't. You can't move him to 5'8 because he can't pass Billy Slater as competently as these others can. I think he's pretty good. I, don't, I still don't. Like, you look at Minicello. I, Minicello could have never played in the halves. They're just. Some fullbacks just aren't meant to play in the six, some sickers aren't meant to play in the one. But these two have elements of both. 
and obviously have experience on, in both positions in the NRL. No, I think Coop just suits six advantage. better now because he doesn't have the toe that he used to. And then Morgan, you see Morgan last night hunt down Corabiti almost. Mm. Morgan's better at the back when he's got time and space because he has the speed there to run the football and slide through gaps. So when they made that change, because they looked awful in the tuck at the start of the game with Coot at the back and Morgan at six, once they rotated the opposite way, yeah. things started to look good. So I, don't yeah, know, then also, I still don't know why they knifed Louis so early because I thought last year that him and Thurston were fine together. Well, they were, they were I good. thought they reacted way too early. But uh, from what I saw last night, if you're going to go anywhere going forward, I'd have Coot more playing at six and Morgan at fullback still. Mm. Morgan didn't make the Australian squad, uh, the kangaroo squad at the end of the year by fluke. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't also matter. The, the number they wear on their back, when you've got two players like that, you can structure it totally differently. Mm. You know, you can you can structure your attack to suit both those players and give them touches both at the fullback and at five eight. That's that's more my point. Yeah. Well, the Cowboys got him with a couple of penalties at the end there. Got to rush and get those points, and then obviously got the the penalty for the rake. Couldn't really see whether the ball was raked out or not. Penny uh, Perinara was close. The rock didn't call anything, but the controlling ref did. Uh, but we found video. Well, I found video today. Matt Wright played the or got the ball off a of play the ball has run twenty meters and then offloaded to Jake Granville. He was twenty meters in front of the play the ball, which means you're dead technically. You're offside. Obviously, they're not picking that up uh, in the flow of the game, but yeah, in in a general sense, that should be a penalty. But yeah. they kicked the field goal to win the game. I'm not going to defend Melbourne. Uh, I thought they were very poor. They should have closed that game out. Well, with, with a couple of minutes Jonathan left. Jonathan Thurston pumping that thirty-five meter field goal in normal time, mm. like. Crossed on Waddy. Name me a player who who really would have stepped up like he did. Like that was going over. Just sort of grabbed it. There was no there was no uh, second second guessing. He just went right, bang, seventeen all. Let's go. Mm. Um, and look out, look out the side. The other one, shocking sideline. The kick before that, obviously, and on the yeah. wrong side, right footed, right side. Yeah, I, definitely. I said this to the old man last <laughs> night when we watched that. He kept saying, "Oh, these are hard." I'm like, "Mate, if you've watched this enough, as much as footy as we probably do." I reckon he's better from the sideline than he is. I think he struggles more from that ten marker because of the bend. Mid range. Yeah, because he has to compensate for the bend. Whenever he's on the sideline, that seems to be where he's adjusted that bend for the best. Don't underestimate the difficulty of that kick. Oh, I'm not. Especially but I'm just saying, the swing that he, with, with the technique, the amount of swing he has, it seems that the sideline gives it you know that perfect amount of time. Well, for I him. thought first half the wind played a factor in his goal kicking because he's obviously thinking, well, the wind's coming across the ground. It's it's going to hold up the swing on the ball and. I ended up it, it didn't have that effect, but win win for goal kickers absolute nightmare mm. from a well end of the day. Goal it, this could kick start their season, and Melbourne on the other hand, Penrith, Penrith have got a massive task down here on Monday night. That's going to be such a good game because Penrith are just as desperate, like having mm. um, lost yeah. Well, they're, they're the same. They were two and two. They two wins, and now they got two losses. Yeah. From Melbourne's point of view, I'm kind of disappointed because you look at Melbourne. Melbourne lost in Golden Point, and then they got robbed with the two no tries in that Manly game. Very early on, Manly, uh, Melbourne could be four from four. Yeah. So again, you, you see this early part of the year, what happens? But what now, I find the, the competition is so tight. Oh, 100 percent. What I find ridiculous, and I only found this out today, we're playing Manly again. Yeah. In the only a week's play, time. Penrith play the Gold Coast, and they only play them. Manly, Melbourne games. should not be playing two games this early no, in the they year. Shouldn't. This is ridiculous. No one should be. No, no, but it's just it's absolutely oh, on the way home. You should be having a game like that, Manly, Melbourne, not the last four rounds, mm. and one earlier in the year. And same as when they put these big clashes like last year, Roosters, Bulldogs. Uh, I think they had South Dogs a couple of those games during the Origin period. They're the ones. I just think it's a no-brainer. It's a perfect advertisement for for conferencing. Yeah, just put them in two conferences, and top four from each conference go through. Mm. I I don't know. 
Oh, well, plenty of good information. We've got to the reviews there in uh, pretty heavy detail. And also the Fast Five will now move on. Well, Brock will be leaving us now because obviously, as we know, you're out of all the punting, tipping, and all the fun stuff this year for the rugby league. And uh, I'll be I'm joined. Just, I'm saving a, he- a heap of money. <laughs> you're saving a heap of money. A heap of money. I hope you're drinking that money at least. No, no, I'm probably spending it on the horses on Saturday. But no. of course, no. The game's got to have integrity, and if that means I'm not allowed to bet, <laughs> then I'm not allowed to bet. He's gone, skis. But I'll be joined uh, next Mortgage by. Mortgage is looking good anyway. Yeah, good times. But I'll be joined next by Mr. Gossip for all the dirt and uh, any tips he's got for this round, and we'll also give you the odds. Brought to you by WilliamHill.com. <laughs> Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. He's here, he's clear, he had his vote on the weekend. I hope you didn't vote for Liberal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I, I, I've got to keep that one quiet. I might get a few abusive emails either way there. Yeah, well, I think your job's gone. The electricity network, it's gone. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Not oh, good. Well. It's all good. Louis can sing and dance for his supper. If anyone's looking to uh, make any donations, the Shepherd Foundation, it's now open. I'll be break dancing every day in front of Penrith Plaza for a living. <laughs> you might be selling hot dogs, mate. Yeah, that could work. I might pull up out the front of the stadium, offer to sing a tune or two for a five bill or something. Maybe someone buy me a hot dog or a sausage sandwich. I'll dance. Although you mightn't get uh, too many buyers, mate, because crowds are down, they're saying. Worst crowds. What's the opening four rounds since 1999, so... Mm, not looking good. good. I think uh, we're not really following the trend of the old MCG. I don't know if you saw that the other week, the the slashed prices on all the food and beverages. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. Not much love uh, on our side of the fence. And I saw today, I think it was the Origin tickets, everyone's blowing up. The cheapest ones are like 80 bucks or something. Wow. So, yeah, there's a bit much, I guess. Yeah, getting out of touch with uh, the modern fan, they're saying. Not many people happy about that. I know there's only one game. That's obviously what they're, they're hiking the prices yeah. for, but it's, uh, it's a bit of a kick in the guts if you're a New South Wales or a Queensland supporter. Uh, well, it's not all negatives. I'll tell you what, I'm loving the um, Sunday afternoon live game for Channel 9, and I'm also loving Sunday night footy as well on Fox. I'm loving the Sunday night footy. Mate, I, uh, I was stoked when they said they were going to bring back Sunday night football. To be honest... Uh, as much as I do love Monday night because it spreads out over the four days, if they told me tomorrow I had to pick one or the other, I'd definitely go with Sunday night football. Oh, absolutely. I tell you what, I don't mind Monday night footy because I'm a rugby league fan and it's the next game I'm watching TV. Yeah, 100%. But when your team's playing on a Monday night, it's hard to get to the game. It's, it's a pain in the ass. But, um... Well, you've hit the nail on the head. Melbourne's had two this year, and I've said that to Brock. It kills me because it's that weight as well. Like The weekend's gone. Usually you go back to work. Uh, there's nothing worse than going back to work on a Monday and having to wait the, the long weekend to get finally watch your team play. Yeah, it's pretty ordinary. Mm. But what's in the what's in the pipe this week, mate? Much cooking? Yeah, there's a few things cooking, mate. I'll um we'll start um over in the ditch and uh Warrior Sam Tompkins. Now I've got good mail that he wants out and wants out immediately. Um he's homesick, that old uh, chestnut. Mm. His brothers play uh for Wigan at the moment as well. Wigan want him back. He wants to go to Wigan, so it'll be very, very interesting to see if the Warriors let him go. Yeah, well, he, he came over on a ridiculous pay packet, didn't he? Seven, eight hundred thousand, something like that. He did, and what did you? I don't think he's made the impact that everyone thought he would. Well, I, in fact, when um, two years ago when we were doing the podcast, I actually said that he was a bit of a nuffy. So mm. um, it hasn't surprised me that he hasn't set the world on fire. 
no, well, I've slammed him since day one because he was the one uh, comparing himself to Billy Slater and saying that he was better. So I, I had hate for him immediately, <laughs> being a Melbourne fan. But um, no, no way he's justified that money. I thought pre-season and his first game this year, he looked very dangerous, especially in the ball playing aspect. But I wouldn't put him in top five. He definitely hasn't uh, accounted for that money. So on the Warriors side of things, I'd be getting on the market and parting ways with him. No worries. They've got a bunch of kids. I don't think Lola here is doing too bad back there. He obviously doesn't have the uh, the engine yet, seeing he's grown up playing in the halves, but they've got a massive, massive nest of juniors over there, and they've got some money to play with if he leaves. So I don't think uh, they'd have too much trouble attracting somebody. Yeah, that's right. There was the cash freed up. Surely they could sign a few more juniors, and hopefully happy days for the Warriors. Mm, 100%. What else is cooking, buddy? All right, another player that wants a release immediately, and that's Panthers, Adam Docker. Um, obviously hasn't played this year. He's serving a suspension, I believe, from New South Wales Cup against Newtown a few weeks ago. But look, um, out of favour with the Panthers and the Dragons um, want him ASAP. So obviously the Panthers on a charity case, and they'd want um, some financial uh, input to release him. There were those rumours a few weeks ago that there'd be a trade-off for Merrin, but that's completely untrue. Merrin will see how his contract at the Dragons. But, um, yeah, Docker uh, could be going to the Dragons sometime soon if both parties meet. Yeah, well, I was about to say to you, uh, when we spoke about this earlier, the Merrin move happening this year, and I, I, we both probably agreed on that. I think the Dragons would be nuts to let him go without seeking compensation. Uh, on the Docker side of things, he's off contract. I'm sure Penrith it would be in the same boat. If they're going to lose him, they may as well lose him. Uh, with some financial compensation or a junior or something, if if they possibly could. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much room they've got in the salary cap if they could try and force that move this year. But obviously, Docker's nowhere near as valuable as what Trent Merrin is, so I uh, don't really see that coming to fruition. Yeah, it's funny. Um, he sort of made that dramatic rise to fame almost um, in, in Penrith and obviously played for country in the city versus country last year. And then just sort of disappeared so I'm not sure what's gone on behind the scenes there whether he's had a bad off season or mm. injuries or whatnot. but he's, he's definitely on the nose well I think you look at the makeup of the back row I don't know if it's internal but even with the kids they've got you know Yo uh, Bryce Cartwright Tyrone Peachy Elijah Taylor Louis Brown they're these more skillful players Doc is hard as nails but uh, he definitely doesn't offer the skill set that uh, Penrith seem to be going for with their back row and the other one I touched on last year uh, he was a bit concussion prone so I, I know that's, you know, he, he's only young, but uh, concussions are a much bigger issue right now. So I thought him and Kyle Turner are two that come to mind that had a lot of head knocks last year. So I think with the, the way things are heading right now, I think the NRL will scratch players out a lot earlier in their careers if uh, they continually get knocks to the head. Yeah, I would hope so as well. But, I mean, either way, I think Docker will be at the Dragons uh, this year or he'll be there next year. So it's just only a matter of time for him. Yeah, well, well, he needs to be playing first grade. I can agree with that. But uh, what else you got for us, buddy? One that uh, Brocky hates me bringing up every week, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to bring it up again, and that's Aiden Caesar and the Bulldogs. They are very keen. He's very keen. Um, the Titans are, you know, obviously not keen to let him go, but from my mail, it's, um, it's looking pretty good. But Well, this makes me a very happy boy because he offered me all the money in the world that he wouldn't leave the Titans, and I've told him the whole time, <laughs> Uh, that he was talking to Sydney clubs and that he needed to face facts, he'd be heading back home. And uh, the Bulldogs, a, a logical decision. They made the mistake of uh, not believing his manager when he finished under 20s when they said that they had other offers. Uh, they played with fire and they got burned. He left and they were severely 
uh, you know, unhappy about it. And look, look how he's turned out with that dominant side they've had. The two grand finals they've played in, I've said both times they were missing a half to probably get them across the line. Aiden Caesar could have been that player. So, um, yeah, for sure. In this yeah. circumstance right now, if, if you were to bring him back, we've seen him buy. You see Caesar. I'd prefer both of those players over Josh Reynolds. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I tell you what, it, it'd be good to see him get back to, to Belmore as he played through his juniors there. So it'd be a natural fit, I would think. Oh, he was uh, he was a standout in a very, very bright side. Uh, they had Josh Jackson, Dale Finucane himself, uh, Nathan Massey's a name. I don't know if a lot of people know. He played a couple of games at Canberra after he left. Uh, Sam Cassiano, they had a very, very loaded under-20 side, but he, he was a key figure in that, and SG Ball, and also Harold Matthews. So if uh, he's homesick, as they say, and I hear he's been looking for houses, I'm sure the Bulldogs are the number one priority, not Manly or anyone else uh, who's been involved. Yeah, that's right. Anything else, champion? Yeah, you just mentioned Sam Cassiano. You guys have probably heard a reading we post on the page that sorry, I'll spit it out. He's extended his deal for three more years at Belmore, so I guess it's a good signing for the Bulldogs. Yeah, I've been more impressed, I suppose, this year than I have the last couple of years. Uh, he obviously had the huge, huge year, the grand final year, inside that huge deal, and the year after he was very disappointing. Injuries, overweight, penalties. Uh, last year, a bit in and out again, I was kind of disappointed. And when there was talk of him being let go or transferred for the money he was on, I, I was pretty keen for it to happen, considering. But uh, with the third-party deals and the never-ending salary cap and the amount of money they seem to have there, uh, he's been pretty good these first few rounds. He, he seems like he's trimmed down. Um, he, he set up a couple of ripper tries as well, so it's definitely not a bad move by them if he's going to stay in this kind of nick and play some good footy. Yeah, I'm with a third-party at that club. Don't get me started. Mm. <laughs> Some big deals, some very big deals. Yeah. All right, last one for the night, mate. Be keen to get your thoughts on this. And that's um, Slater, uh, obviously, going to finish his career at Melbourne. It's only a matter of time. Um, no big news there. But, look, um, I don't know if he's, if he's worth the 850000 price tag anymore. You're a Melbourne Storm fan. Is he still worth the 850 k Well, this is the one thing that I'll pride myself on, unlike anyone who's just completely and utterly one-eyed and will blow up and say, oh, they should pay him whatever he wants. I wouldn't give him 850 Not uh, Not at this point in time. If anything, I know we've grown Proctor, Harris, Bromwich, and we've got some weapons there, Chambers, but I still think we could use a little bit of extra money so we don't have to bring in players like Lars and these roll-the-dice guys on minimum wage every year to try and patch up a top 25. Uh, uh, I know these guys have been long-serving and and they definitely deserve every penny they get, but also on the flip side, they've had a lot of rep money. They've been paid pretty well uh, the whole way through. You'd like to think they'd take some kind of pay cut and maybe let us have some more money to play with, but uh, I don't know the exact figure. I'm not sure if you do as to how much of a discount they get is it a couple of hundred thousand when they've been there for 10 seasons or eight seasons or whatever it is yeah it's not a hell of a lot yeah so they, they may lose a bit off the top same as they did with smith and same as they did with cronk but uh yeah that's that's still a substantial amount of money for a fullback who's turning 31 years old yeah you'd like to think that the club has its uh, eye on the future not just the next two years but would be would be hard to <clears throat> let someone like Billy go, but um, look, these are just figures that have been thrown up in the media at the moment. That, that it's eight hundred and fifty thousand. I'm sure we'll know more about it when he signs. The same amount of time when he does. Yeah. Well, I think one thing I'm not not a hundred percent sure. It's hard when you up it this way, but with our new 
new owners and the amount of sponsorship we have, oh, I don't think, I know we don't have a, a massive amount of third parties, but I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be too bad off as far as third parties are concerned. I don't know how much uh, they'd be able to tuck away. Not exactly a Bulldogs or a Roosters kind of setup, but um, I'd, I'd like to think that that's, you know, that and the, the loyalty discount will help out somewhat because otherwise, yeah, that's that's a lot of money to be tied up in a few senior citizens. Yeah, well, they're, they're a one-team town. Yes, it's AFL territory, but it's still a one-team town. They still be a good crowd. And let's not forget Billy Stillade is a Queensland legend. So I'm sure there's some companies up in Queensland that could do with some third-party work from Billy. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run off a third-party solution. No, and on top of that, like you said, they've been a very successful brand. They've been taken over by, you know, very successful businessmen who are involved in Manchester City and uh, a $50 million advertising agency. So... I don't know what exactly they've got dug up, but we seem to have a lot more sponsor stamps on our uniforms this year. Crown Casino knocked the bloody Thunderbolts off our jersey, so uh, <laughs> I don't know how the money. I don't know how the third parties are doing, but I'm hoping the the discount as well as some third parties might take a bit of the sting off because we need more help for the top 25. That's for sure. Bingo. Yep, I agree. Well, that's everything, champion. Well, that's it, Sam. then. I'll bust out the WilliamHill.com odds. As I've explained before to everybody out there, if you were with SportingBet.com, uh, you still have the same account. It's just William Hill now. William Hill were the backers of Cenobet, TomWaterhouse.com, and SportingBet.com, but they've obviously put their main name on their number one brand, which was SportingBet. So WilliamHill.com, we've got the odds this week. We'll start the tips gossip. Last week, you got four. Uh, I got two. I had an absolute Barry Crocker of a round. Uh, the Storm last night, they knifed me. Uh, who else did I tip? Bloody, there was a lot of games. Penrith let me down. Manly let me down. There, it, it wasn't a good weekend. Not not happy days. The sh- <laughs> even the Sharks, they've lost nine in a row at the prison. What's wrong? <laughs> I did like Robert's runaway try, though. I'm waving at uh, Gordon as he chased in vain. That would be beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to call it the playground. It's not the prison anymore because everyone's going there and getting the W. Nine, nine losses in a row in the prison, that, that, that's not very dangerous. Yeah, no, it's not good. And I actually put something up this afternoon. It's, what, four, four losses in a row now for um, for the coach, Flanagan, and five in a row if you count the semi-finals a few years ago. And does he deserve to be under pressure? I guess he does. It's, you know, it's results-driven business, as we always hear him. Four and oh, it's just it's not good, especially when we've got no main sponsors. And uh, yeah, there's got to be a lot of pressure on him, I would think. Well, you've got that, and you've also got the whole when Flano comes back, when Flano comes back, he's back now. Yeah. He said he was happy that he got Beal, Barber, uh, Bird, and he felt like Ennis, he, he had the right players to move forward, and they're playing like absolute spades. So uh, yeah. you, you'd have to think, yeah, you'd have to think the, the pressure's coming, but um, that boys' club, um, you know, sponsorship. For a bloke who's done a lot, built the gym, got money into the club, I also look at the other side of it. Who would Cronulla seek out to take that job? You know, Steve Price is there. Christ, you wouldn't hand him the reins. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, and I don't think there's many other takers on the market that would go to a club uh, that potentially doesn't have full use and best uh, financial state. So I think Flano might be safe uh, looking at it from the other side of the fence. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, yeah, you got four, I got two, so you're now on 15, I'm on 12. You've already busted out a bit of a gap, but I'm a bit worried. You, you know what I'm like, I'll get the whip out early and, and just give myself <laughs> enough rope to get hung, but we kick things off. There's two games on Good Friday. We start with the blockbuster. It's the grand final rematch. It's the Bulldogs versus South Sydney at ANZ Stadium. Uh, after watching South last week, I, I thought they'd be able to handle 
losing Dylan Walker. Um, you know, I thought the halves would step up and take control, but they were somewhat absent. Parramatta, with their ad-lib football, seemed to play over the top of them, and Joel Reddy, as he characteristically, uh, characteristically does, made a couple of errors, and uh, Parramatta just got home. So I think looking at that edge still being the same, uh, and, and the Bulldogs being a massive side, been able to match in the middle, I'm going to go the Bulldogs, even though they've kind of limped home for a couple of wins. Or I just feel that they're starting to, to build nicely. close to the field goal finish we saw last year, but uh, if you like me and you like the Bulldogs, they are outsiders at home at ANZ Stadium. It's both their home ground, so it doesn't really matter, but $2.45 about the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. $1.56 from WilliamHill.com for South Sydney. The line is at minus four and a half. That gets you $1.91. Uh, I like Canterbury, one to 12. That pays you $4.05, so... Yeah, not too bad at odds there. But the second game on the Friday night is the Queensland uh, Clash. It's the Gold Coast Titans going home to play the Brisbane Broncos. Birdie's back on board. Taylor's back on board. Uh, they've, they've looked a little bit more enthusiastic the last couple of weeks with those guys back. Falloon obviously gets suspended. So he's going to be out. And uh, I think the Broncos are starting to come along a little bit. Milford's getting a bit more involved. Ben Hunt's really controlling things. I know Justin Hodges is going to be out, but I'm going to stick with the Broncos in this one. What about yourself? Yeah, tough one. Uh, the Broncos, they played well last weekend, but they did play the Warriors, and it was a typical Warriors performance by them, so it was a hard sort of measuring stick that game. Um, I'm going to go the Broncos, but, but not my many. And Titans have put in, uh, in most games they've played, they, they got smacked by the Panthers, but I think that was more video referee than, uh, than the Panthers beating them in the end. But um, yeah, they're the Broncos, but as I said, not by many. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Bar the, that Penrith game, they did get blown out, but they were denied two early tries. They've been in every game of football regardless. So uh, I don't know whether that's the situation that's bringing them together or whether Neil Henry's brought a bit of steel about the place, but they're definitely fighting. Um, I, I thought the young half, Kane LG last week, he looked pretty good. So if Caesar's going to be leaving, they definitely need to get him locked in so Manly don't take him and don't have both those halves walk out the door so uh, Cherry Evans doesn't have a partner. But... If, uh, if you like us and you, you think the Titans do have a chance, William Hill are offering $2.45 about the Gold Coast Titans at home. The Brisbane Broncos, $1.56 in the same line as the game before, minus four and a half. $4.05 for 1 to 12 for the Titans. Uh, if you like the Broncos, 1 to 12 or 13 plus, that gets you $3.15 or $2.90. But we move on to Saturday. There's two games on Saturday. We've got Manly versus the Raiders. And uh, this one's in Albury, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> That's uh, a bit of a bit of a random location, but uh, the Raiders, I thought, have been in every game bar the one they played on the weekend. They haven't quite had the finishing touches, but he's already wielded the axe. He's given Cornish a couple of games. He's not happy. Uh, Semi Williams moves in. I'm pretty happy about this because I've been watching him play for Mounties till the last three weeks, and he's been killing the New South Wales Cup. Uh, I don't ever understand why he got punted so early after leading him through that finals campaign. Um, the Eagles still got plenty of injuries, so I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to go the Canberra Raiders. 
definitely not and uh, particularly because of the forward pack I know Canberra have been lacking direction in attack but we all know uh, that Manly have been struggling with their halves getting you can't blame the halves but you need a platform to be able to do anything with a football uh, Canberra definitely don't lack big bodies this might be a game where they get an upper hand in that regard but uh, if you like Manly they're a $1.60 favourite if you like Man, you think that the Raiders have an outside chance $2.35 and a line of minus four about the Raiders and the second game on the Saturday Newcastle versus the Dragons. This will be a great occasion. They're going to play for the inaugural Alex McKinnon Cup. It's a real nice touch for both clubs, but I think I can sum this one up very easily. Newcastle won't lose this game at home. They've been brilliant to start the season, and uh, they they didn't win this game last year. I think that they played the Titans on the day they had rice for Alex round. Uh, I, I think they'll make amends for it this time around. I think they might touch up the Dragons, so I'm going to go the Knights. Yeah, who would have thought five in a row to start the season? The Knights good on them. Um, yeah, I'm going to tip the Knights as well, and that's mainly because of the Alex McKinnon flavour, and that gives them a bit extra to play for as well. Uh, the Dragons still look a bit how's your father to me in the past couple of weeks. Mm. If it was in if it was in Wollongong, maybe I'd give them a chance, but uh, I think the Knights will be five and zip. Yeah, well, I'm with you, and I think my big issue is that Benji and Widop uh, have got problems with each other as to who's in control and how they're going to play their game. Uh, Benji. Wants to throw the knockout punch on the first play and make stupid errors. And Gareth Widop's getting pretty angry because he wants to play uh, to the percentages. So until they sort that out, I don't think they're going to see uh, their attack flourish too much. But I've got to give a rap to Trent Merrin, given the circumstances and the amount of uh, flack he's copped. He's been outstanding the last few weeks. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Hitting the line hard. And yeah, look, and, and to his credit, um, and all those rumours about him going to Penis mid season, it's definitely not going to happen. He's a memorable guy, Trent. He'll see out his contract and he'll. Bust his ass for the rest of the years for the Dragons. 100%. But the Knights, their favourites, $1.45 at home. They're starting to rebuild that fortress that it used to be up there in Newcastle. The Dragons, if you like them, they're $2.80. The line is minus 6.5. I tend to lean towards probably Newcastle 1 to 12. I I like that at $3.10. I think think there's a possibility of a blowout, but uh, given the emotion and the fact that he played for both clubs, I'd probably lean towards the Knights 1 to 12 with WilliamHill.com. Uh, we move on to Sunday. There's only one game on Sunday because of the long weekend, and uh, I think it might be a bit of a bludger. Similar to last week, the Roosters have been served up a busted in their Cronulla Sharks, so I don't think we need to put too much thought into this one. We're, I'm going the Chooks. Yeah, yeah. Chooks by plenty. And, uh, yeah, zero and five for the Sharks. Yeah, well, I think you can almost get out that big, ugly pen and put a line through them because uh, origin time, you know, Gallon's going to be gone. We spoke today, I don't know about you, but uh, we're not really very well off in the front row of stakes. Tarmow's been ordinary for New South Wales purposes. Probably Aaron Woods and Cade Snowden have been our two most impressive, but I get the feeling Dave, uh, Andrew Fafita might be back in the frame as well. Yeah, so, I, um, I dare say so, but... Yeah. yeah wow. You look at the Sharks uh, on paper, they don't have the best roster. They certainly don't have the worst, and they certainly shouldn't be uh, five and nothing at this um, nah, and yeah, not if anything Guy agreed when I looked at the start of the year that they fixed up their, one of their main problematic areas which was the back line Valentine Holmes is in uh, you know Gerard Beale why not being outstanding he's definitely a solid centre he had a great year last year 
tagged up with uh, Gareth Widop. And Ricky Latelli is really an emerging centre who I won't be surprised if he gets a bit of interest on the open market this year. So uh, I'm, I'm really surprised that they're paddling so much, but they just really need to knuckle down and hold on the bloody footy. Most games I've yeah. watched, they, they just can't keep the ball. Yeah, it's very strange. And I know a friend of the podcast is on here, Casey MG. I know MG picked them uh, for the top eight this year. Uh, that yeah. might have been on a bit of emotion because they're in the final for the Auckland. Yeah, well, I think everyone pretty much seemed to chuck them in uh, at the bottom of the right, thinking, that, you know, the big turnaround, all the pressure's off. But uh, I'm not backing the hangover theory. I think they're just not playing to their potential. I think there's some guys not pulling their weight, and they need to simplify, get back to what they do best, which is just bash the crap out of the middle, kick to the corners, and pretty much wait for you to give them mistakes to try and get points. Because at the moment, they're just trying to over the football, and they're forcing way too many errors. Yeah, well, they've done uh, a very big mistake in my eyes, picking up that contract of Ben Barber, which we all know is around the 800 mark. Uh, they've taken on more than half of it. I don't know why. There's no way I would have taken on that contract. So uh, they're stuck with him now. But if you like the Roosters, their heavy favourites are $1.17. The Cronulla Sharks, $5.15. The Lion, a massive minus 14. So uh, this, this is probably one to steer clear of. But if you... You think the Sharkies can do what they did last year and have that miracle win two weeks in a row against the Roosters and the Broncos, one to twelve, they'll give you a value of six fifty. But if you like the Roosters thirteen plus, you only get a dollar seventy two. So uh, maybe maybe one to steer clear of. But a blockbuster Monday here for the Easter long weekend. We've got a triple header. I dare say I'll be sitting on the couch in my underpants drinking beers, watching every single one of these games. But uh, it kicks off at ANZ Stadium, the Tigers versus the Eels. This was an absolute cracker match last year, and this is two teams on the rise as well. Yeah, I like the top one. Um, I had a look at, the obviously, the games before we went on air, and this is one I, just, I really couldn't pick. Um, the Eels traditionally win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Um, as you said, both up and covers, I picked uh, the Tigers to be in my eight this year instead of the Eels. Um... Yeah, you know what, Bugger, I want to go to the Tigers uh, just for the fact that the Eels struggle to put back-to-back wins together. Yeah, well, I was talking myself into the Eels because of the ad-lib football, and then I thought, well, the Tigers don't mind chucking it around. Uh, I really like the forward pack, and then I saw that Aaron Woods was back in this week as well. So uh, going off the fact that the Parramatta Eels had more injury problems and more suspensions to deal with, uh, I think I'm going to lean towards the Tigers with you. I, I can't believe that Parramatta is still staying afloat with all the issues they've got, but Brad Arthur, what an amazing coach, and I think this will be a great game. Oh, without doubt, in the top four coaches in the game, Brad Arthur. Yeah, he's doing a great job there, but if you like the Parramatta Eels, they're a eighty favourite, so a bit of value there for your gossip with WilliamHill.com. You get $2.02 for the mighty West Tigers. Uh, the, nice. the line, minus one and a half. So that's, you know, still, again, not too bad a value, just a conversion. Uh, I, I tend to think Tigers, again, in a tight one, one to 12, you get $3.65 about that. Uh, if you like the Paramedials, one to 12, you get $3.45. If the Tigers could cause a blowout, $4.15. But the second game on this Easter Monday is the, usually the Anzac Day game and usually a cracker. I've been down there for it twice, but it's the Melbourne Storm versus the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, they don't fear going to Melbourne, the Warriors. Ningani Lamape is back in this week. They've still got a massive injury list, but uh, there's just something about when we play each other. Either we dominate structurally or they run all over us, and I just have a feeling 
that the Warriors will get one over us this week. I don't know why, but I'm tipping against the Storm. I'm going to back the Warriors. Yeah, it's uh, always an interesting game. Uh, quite a few times if you look in the crowd, you'll see uh, big Kiwi fellas with Storm jerseys and Warriors hats. They love both clubs, um, so it's always a good atmosphere. I, I can't bring myself to tip the Warriors, especially on last week's happened. They're, they're patchy, they're in the game, they're out of the game, there's no concentration. Uh, um, yeah, I'm going to tip the storm at home, but as you said, it's always a ripper. Yeah, and I tell you what, we were right. As soon as we went against the Cowboys, they bloody won. <laughs> it, it was it was always going to happen. This is exactly the same time two years ago. They were in a slump, and Melbourne were three from three, and then they towed us up by 20 at home. Last night, they jagged that. I was heartbroken sitting there on the couch. But uh, Melbourne this week, they're a $1.41 favourite at home. If you like man, you like the Warriors, you get $2.95. Minus seven and a half. I think I might take a plunge at that line, that's for sure. I think they'll be a lot better than a, a, a two-try victory. Uh, one to 12, $4.55 also on the Warriors. That, that, that looks pretty enticing to me. But it finishes off Monday again at Pepper Stadium. Bust out the Shakers. It's the Penny Panthers. They started off very well. bit flat uh, the last two weeks. And a couple of changes again this weekend against the Cowboys, who Melbourne Senior have played back in a form. Um, I have to lean towards the Cowboys. Once they got that win, well, the emotions turned around. They seemed to fire up that last 20 minutes in particular and look like the team you'd expect them to be. Penrith, uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of the last two weeks. They really haven't earned the right to throw the footy around, but they, they look like they're playing Oztag. They just went side to side on the weekend. They didn't look like they wanted to crash in the line and lay a platform. So um, it is at home, but I'm going to back the Cowboys in two weeks in a row. Well, it hurts me to say I'm going to go to the Cowboys as well. Um, the fans have obviously played that panic style of football where they try and run the forwards ragged, but that sort of gameplay doesn't work if you haven't got a kicker. And they really miss out kicking game. Um, Kydie's out this week, so there's no go forward really there for the Panthers. Nigel Plummer's back, but he's he's not a meter eater. He's more of a, a big hit kind of guy. Um, the biggest thing that worries me about Penrith is the right edge defence. Mansour and Idris look like they have no idea what's going on. A lot of tries down that side um, against the Roosters and um, on the weekend against the Knights. So hopefully Ivan fixes that up because they look pretty stupid and pretty embarrassing watching them to try and communicate in defence. So I'll tip the Cowboys and Cowboys probably still in plus too. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm kind of with you there. I get the, the inkling, uh, not just off the last two weeks, but there's a few changes again for the Pennies. And if they're not willing to engage in the middle, uh, the Cowboys seem to have got back to doing what they needed to be doing that last 20 minutes. If Tamalolo, Scott, these guys turn up and they just ram-raid the ruck, and in particular, uh, Greenville, I'm not his biggest fan defensively because he's small, but I tell you what, when he gets a quick play the ball, he just goes straight ahead. I, I think they might be able to give Penrith some trouble. Yeah, I think in Ivan's defence, uh, Penrith really they have to play that sort of scattered attack because they don't have big men to punch up the middle. There's no real big boppers, so he's gonna have to, he kind of has to stick with his game plan, but as I said, without a, without a kicking game, um, it looks pretty useless. And they've got Isaac John back again this week, so God knows if he's going to turn up. Yeah, we'll have to see how he goes. If you like Penrith at home, they're $1.56. The Cowboys, great value. $2.45 oh. outsiders with William Hill. So jump on there if you like a piece of that. I think that's where I'll be heading. Uh, minus yep. four and a half again. Uh, I do like the value there at $1.91. Um, what else have we got here? One to 12 is $4.05. For the Cowboys, but you said thirteen plus five dollars fifty. So if you're pretty confident yeah. on that one, 
uh, you know, bust out a pineapple or maybe a tomato, the old $20 bill, and jump on to <laughs> www.williamhill.com, formerly known as sportingbet.com. Nothing's changed, just the name. Uh, that's all the odds from them for this round. Gossip, we've got our tips. There's a real possibility I'm going to be lagging well behind after this round if you grab the four extras, which you probably will. Um, I could be in a world of hurt. We, we might have to ring the bell, you know, before halfway. Uh, we'll see, man. I usually start well and, and finish pretty poorly. So it's a bit—it's uh, a bit weird not having three of us. The, the, the two horse race is a bit odd. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit disappointing, but you know, it's, it is what it is, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll make him jealous anyway. Yeah, well, old Boxer—he's under the old integrity unit rules. Now that he's moved up in the world, and he's, he's a bigger, better person than us. So you know, <laughs> he's too good for gambling and all this this low breed stuff. So damn you, Brock, wherever you are right now. <laughs> Point and we didn't rip into him. Usually, when he's not in, we rip into him. <laughs> oh, well, we might as well now when we're finished and hope he listens to it later on. <laughs> I wouldn't dare do it to his face, he'd kill me. Oh, I would. I got a big, I got a bigger head out of us, too. So, even if he punches it, he's more likely to break his hand before he does any damage. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You sold out, Brock. You're not here. You sold out. <laughs> That's right. Too good for the show. And gossip, he, he lives too far away, so he can say whatever he wants. He agrees. You sold out. <laughs> Then a few Captain Morgans first. <laughs> uh, alrighty, mate. No worries. Uh, thanks as always for coming on and give us the goss. Hopefully the tips work out nicely and you, you get a nice lead. And enjoy your Easter weekend, mate. Have a have a beer for me. Thanks, brother. See you next week. No worries, mate. Have a good one. A big thanks as always to Mister Gossip, and that wraps us up for this week. You got the fast five. You got the reviews of the matches. We gave you our previews. The gossip our tips and all the odds brought to you by williamhill.com, formerly known as sportingbet.com. As I said, just the name's changed, but if you had an account with Sportingbet, it has moved over with williamhill.com. Enjoy the football this weekend. A very happy Easter to everyone in your families. Best wishes. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the rugby league. And also, as I've said before, audioboom.com. It is the home of the fifth and last NRL podcast, so make sure... You hop on to Audio Boom, follow us on there, sign up, and keep sharing the podcast with your friends. We've had a bit of a nice growth to start the year off, but we're always looking to grow and expand. If you have anyone out there who loves their rugby league, loves the football and is a diehard just like we are, uh, hook them up with this show. And also, uh, if you follow the New South Wales Cup, a bit of interesting one. If, if you know we got our 20s, we get some exposure. But if you do follow the New South Wales Cup, go on to www.radiohub.com. They have live New South Wales Cup games uh, commentated on Saturdays every weekend. I'm now a part of that call team. I've been calling it thanks to Albie Tarico, Curtis Woodward, Matthew French uh, of the 81st Minute, MacArthur, Brecky, Rugby League Rap, and all those blokes. They're a great bunch of guys. So if you do feel like you miss out on getting coverage of your New South Wales Cup team that feeds to your NRL side, Saturdays on RadioHub.com, brought to you by Steel Sports. We commentate New South Wales Cup games. So... Check that out if you're interested. But for now, guys, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 